You want to be strategic. That's the key, right? Strategic and intentional as opposed to just doing everything because then your energy is just scattered everywhere. But then I also think as an introvert, right, if you focus on volunteering, serving a particular role, that makes it a bit easier, right? Because you're not trying to be seen with your personality per se, but you are being seen through the work and the value that you bring to the table. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias. I'm your host, Caspi Bias. In today's episode, we've got a guest who's going to shed light on a crucial topic for young adults. We're talking all about setting yourself up for beyond job security. It's a topic that resonates with so many of us, especially in a world that's constantly changing. Our guest for this episode is Jatan Davis. Jatan is the Senior Associate Dean of Admissions for Emory University and a certified life coach. She is also the creator and host of the Journey to Jupiter career podcast for young adults. I was also on a previous episode of hers not too long ago. Be sure to check that out. This podcast guides teens and 20-somethings who are figuring out who they want to be when they grow up. Jatan uses her experience to help young adults discover new careers and gain insight into essential life lessons that lead to fulfillment and success. We'll be going into such topics today as how to adjust to the job market when you keep learning new skills but still find it challenging to land the job you want, what to do when you're getting interviews but not getting those job offers, and more. If you're a fan of our podcast, you're going to love the Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias animated series. Each week alongside our podcast episodes, we release captivating animated teasers that capture the essence of every conversation. To check out this animated series, head over to the show description, where you'll find a direct link waiting for you. Welcome back to Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias. Welcome, Jatan, to Adulting 101. Very nice to see you on this end of my show. I know that we did an episode swap here. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for coming on to the show, and let's just jump right into it. Would you be able to tell the audience a little bit about you and your background? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I'm a certified career and life coach, specifically working with teens and 20-somethings and helping them figure out who it is they want to be in the world. I do that in different ways. The first is I work in higher ed and college admissions. I also work with current college students and help them get adjusted to college as well as helping them to find their place and actually thrive, have a very thriving experience. I have coaching clients that are not in high school. They're definitely in you know college or older. And then I have a podcast. I have a career podcast, Journey to Jupiter, Discover the Life You'll Create, where I talk with different professionals as I talked with you. Um, about their career journey. All right. Awesome. Well, go Jatana. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I am all for that. Just to jump a little bit further into that, how exactly did you get into that path? It was a journey. <laughs> it was definitely a journey. This is actually my second career. My first career out of college, I was in internet marketing. I knew very quickly when I first started that this is not it. This is just, I have to get a job to pay the bills. I was 22. And I was just daydreaming about what it would be nice to do. I really enjoyed the college experience. It was like it would be nice being on the college campus. And then I thought about being a life coach. Man, it would be nice to be a life coach, but I'm 22. Who am I going to help? 
But I had a, who came to be a friend, she was an older alum from my alma mater who was involved with the Black Alumni Board of Notre Dame. She said, you know, I know you're still trying to figure things out, but you really should get involved with other professionals, other Black professionals. She encouraged me to consider joining the board. And so I went through that process and became the recruiting director for the Black Alumni Board. So my role was tasked to help to recruit Black students to apply to Notre Dame. Throughout my four to five years in that role, I really just saw that a lot of historically marginalized populations don't really think about what it takes to be competitive in college until it's a little too late. And so I'm just always thinking, I was like, oh, it'd be nice, like life coaching with young people. I went ahead and got certified to be a life coach while I was working in corporate And of course, in that training, everyone was pushing, you know, business coaching, business coaching, because that's where the money is. How are you going to make money working with young people? It just never really appealed to me to go the business route. I was in business, but my business career was so busy in internet marketing that I really didn't do anything with the certification. So I thought, you know what, this is the point in time where I have to make that jump, you know, made that jump, took a pay cut, went to higher ed and made that transition doing marketing in higher ed. So I kept that same function, but was doing a lot of this work on my own volunteering outside of the job, which then allowed me to get positions more so in the area that I'm in now in college admissions and also working with younger students in middle school to help them understand how they need to start thinking about, you know, what they're doing now and how that's preparing them for college. But even more than college for me, like I work in college admissions, but the conversation is really, like I said, in terms of how I define what I do for a living is helping young people to decide who they want to be in the world. College education, it's a tool. That's not the end all be all. So it's not just get your degree. I learned that from my experience. People tell you when you get your degree and you get it from a university with this name, your life is set for you. That is not the case. Right. You have to do the work, right? Thank you for that. You think in the beginning you might end up in a particular area, but then everyone's journey is different. You get experiences like working in corporate. Yes. <laughs> and just from there, listening to yourself, listening to what exactly you're interested in once you're actually out there in the world and experiencing different things and figuring out what you do like versus don't like, that really helps you toward putting you more on that path of what you are really destined for. hundred percent. Let's jump right into the topic of today's episode, how to set yourself up beyond job security or beyond job outlook, if you will. For those who do not have all the intel at this time, please be sure to check out Jatan's episode on this, on her podcast. I will also include the link to this episode as well as the link to her podcast in general within the show notes. Just overview as far as her episode in general, I remember that you had said in your podcast, and I felt like this explained everything so much, welcome to the real world where you recognize that the predictable pathways aren't the rules, but more of a guide. Anything can happen. I was wondering if we would go more into this for your experience or anything that we've missed thus far. How has that been true in your personal experiences, especially in first graduating from school? We just talked about it in the first one, right? Is that you have this expectation you've been told since you were young, you know, when you're thinking about higher education, oh, well, what colleges are you considering? You know, or, oh, what are you going to major in? Oh, you're going to, you're going to get good jobs. You're going to have lots of opportunities. They're going to be lined up for you. And then 
maybe you changed a major or you go to that name of institution and it doesn't necessarily happen that way. I'm not saying it's the fault of the institution. I know for me personally, more of life started to happen. I was in a relationship and I gave that a little more attention. I spent a lot of my summers taking courses to be closer to my boyfriend during college. What I did was very different how I advise my clients and the young people that I talk with, you know, so not thinking so much ahead, but it's kind of like, you know, you also don't know what you don't know. So that's why it's so important to have the conversations or listen to the podcast like yours and mine of people who have been there because you don't know what you should be considering. You're being a college student. It's not just academics. It's the social life and health challenges, mental health, all that happens. And so it could be hard to look down the road and be thinking about the things that you need to do at the frequency that you need to do them to have a job lined up. So, you know, I was taking those classes in the summers and I graduated a semester early, but didn't really have anything, you know, mapped out for me as to what I was going to do. So that was the first. But also when you realize that there are so many different careers that exist and they don't necessarily map specific majors, there's not necessarily a direct path. It's kind of like, okay, well, you said the steps that you had to follow was, you know, good, good grades, go to school, go to college, things we planned out, you know, mapped out. We're we're so used to having everything kind of pre-planned for us, structured for us. And then when you graduate and in the real world, it's on you to figure it out. And there are not clear channels on what's next. I mean, even in terms of people who have careers, they used to be where you on are on tracks, right? To be promoted and then retire with a company. You are lucky if you are in an organization that has a career trajectory for you. Right. That overall stability. Stability. We can talk about that, right? But you have to be in control of your own career trajectory. You have to think about where it is you want to go. You're not tracked. People aren't proactively thinking about how they are going to get promote you to the next level. So it's a shift, right? It's more than just do these steps and you're set. The third one that I'll mention that is when things happen in the world, like the economy shifts. Obviously, a lot of tech companies right now at the beginning of the year have done a lot of layoffs and that's been like the booming industry. But during when I graduated in 2005, I graduated and I was thinking about real estate. And so I actually got my real estate license. It was booming at that time before 2008 was thinking, okay, I'm going to leave what I'm doing here at what became AT&T. They acquired Bell South. I remember I was in a class. I got my license with someone who was a teacher, did pretty decent as a teacher, math teacher, advanced math teacher. She left the profession and she went into real estate full time. I remember going to an open house she had to show her support. The boom, the bust, the bubble bust. It was all kind of fraud. And then I remember going into like Forever 21 and seeing her working at Forever 21. I was thankful that I didn't make the jump for whatever reason, but that was the hot industry. You know what I mean? Like you just don't know what will happen, what's going to happen. Right. And that's to no one's, you know, no one's fault. And so that's where then it's like, okay, well then now what? We didn't have a conversation that I saw her and she was busy and I kind of went on, but I'm pretty sure she felt like, you know, she went to college, got her master's, had done this and done that. And then she made this other career change. She had to out of necessity because of the economy. So we're not always in control of what happens, regardless of how prepared we are. 
but we can rebound quicker when you are prepared for sure. That is a great transition into the steps that you had outlined within your episode as far as how to make that rebound, if you will, or how to better prepare yourself in order to step beyond job security or job outlook in case that uncertainty happens, if you will. One of the things that you had mentioned is to continue to pursue additional education and skill sets. <laughs> All right. So I got a couple of scenarios, if you will. Okay. This is going to be fun. Okay. So the first one being, let's say that a young professional continues building their skill set to try to get a new job. But even after adding those new skills to their resume, they notice that they are still not getting a job. How can a young professional get through this particular situation? Yeah. So I have asked more questions about what's happening. My first question would be, is this person getting interviews and then the interviews aren't progressing to the next stage? Because if that is the case, then clearly the experience that's listed on the resume is substantial enough to grant a conversation, but there's something that's happening in that conversation with the employer that is not having that candidate move forward. That's some advice because you can say, oh, okay, well, it's not necessarily my resume. Then let me figure out maybe how I'm coming across in an interview, or maybe you can follow up with someone you interviewed with and ask them if they have any feedback. You understand that you weren't, you know, chosen, but they have any feedback for you. Now, if they're not even getting the interview, then obviously looking at that resume to see they have the skill set, but what might other deficiencies be? Might they not have the years of experience that? The corporation or organization is looking for. And then I will also consider maybe having a portfolio. Those are some things that I would kind of triage is, are you getting the interviews or not? That helps to direct where the focus of attention, if it's on what's happening in the interview versus if it's how the information is displayed on your resume, or perhaps there's not as much of a, the length of experience or the depth of experience is really not coming through. Let's say that this young professional is getting interviews, but they're still not moving forward. And I see this a lot as far as on LinkedIn, for example, where people are saying like, okay, so I turned in, I don't know how many applications at this point. I've been out of a job for X amount of months now. I have went through job interviews and they say that I'm great, but that's just about it for those young professionals or really just professionals in general? Like, how would you recommend they move forward when they're within that particular stage? So I've been a hiring manager before. I've been on interview panels on one right now, actually. Gosh, there could be so many things. So if you know that you have prepared with a friend, it felt really great for yourself. Maybe it's not you. It is the situation. It is the other candidates that they have, sometimes corporations, organizations, depends on what their needs are. They're looking for someone that can hit the ground running. They don't really have the time because of the state of the business to do that training. I've been in conversations where this person could be really groomed. They would be really great, you know, if we had the time to do that. But this person right here can just go and that's what I really need. So that could be that. You can't do anything about that. When you go in interviews... After the interview, make sure you send a thank you email and make sure you send it promptly. If you can send it that same day, 
that would be great. And I'm just saying this because of, again, being on interview panels and committees and having conversations about candidates who you want to put forward and then that email not coming through. If everyone else sends an email, you don't send an email. It's hard to overlook how hmm, this person would be really, really good, but they didn't do that. Everyone else did that, you know, so you got to close the deal. You got to, you know, you got to follow up. Also, a lot of the interview was fit. Also, again, in conversations, hiring managers will say there's some skills that can be taught. And so it's more of a personality fit. Don't just be focusing so much on showing that you know how to do the job and that you can master the job and that you are a top performer. Sometimes they will take people that aren't necessarily as top of performers, but they are really great team players and their energy and feels really great. So be thinking about those aspects as well. And then going back to people who aren't getting the interviews, let's say they're building a portfolio, but like I said, they don't necessarily have any other experience outside of that. They have the skills, they're getting the certificates, but they're just not getting any any additional feedback. That indicates to me that they have the certificate, but their experience utilizing it, the skill set, isn't well documented on a resume through experiences. So I would recommend freelancing with that skill set, getting involved with organizations. Like I was on the Black Alumni Board as the recruiting director. They had a marketing director, communications director. Find organizations, groups, businesses, people that need the skill set that you have. And then you can list that on your resume. And so then that helps to show that skill set being actually utilized and implemented and applied. And then it could be a reference for you too. Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. Another young professional is trying to reinvent themselves by getting new skills, but they're met with, but you were doing this X, Y, Z type of job for X amount of years. Why are you applying here? Like they're being typecast, if you will. As a result, they constantly get rejected based off of their previous experience even though they're trying to get more into a particular field. Do you have any other additional tips or advice for that particular scenario? I'm looking back now. I'm trying to look at like, what episode was that? But I interviewed, he's a designer. He worked with Nike at one point in time. He was more on the analytics side before moving to the design side. So while he was at Nike, he was on the analytics side. And he worked on stretch assignments with the product team to get experience in design. Stretch assignments. It takes work. It takes sweat equity. That means he had a job from nine to five that he was responsible for. That was his analytics work. And in the night hours, he worked on a product assignment. He helped the product team with something. So it's a stretch assignment. It's work beyond what your job description is because how else are you going to get the experience? That's awesome that he was able to do that as well. Like working with his current company, trying to get into another avenue and get experience that way. That's very smart. Yeah. Kevin Bethune, that was, it was episode nine, but yeah, stretch assignments. I don't know anyone who's just had things handed to them unless you just happen to be in a network of people who have an opportunity, which if you have that, great. But most of the times it takes a little bit of work to get into the rooms and the conversations with people who can give you experience and something that you want to jump into. That leads me to the second point that you had provided as far as ways to prepare yourself for a beyond job outlook. 
So you're getting that additional education or skill sets. But another way to prepare yourself is to actually get how you had mentioned on your episode, get emotional support from family and friends. I know for myself, that definitely helped me talking with my parents after leaving school. You know, the struggle is real as far as like (laughs) looking for a job. And again, how the ways that you had planned, it may not pan out the way that you want it to. But I felt that sense, and I'm sure other students uh, or recent graduates feel that too, of not being too comfortable going to other people and letting people know like, oh, well, I'm going through this phase where I can't find a job. And I thought that all the jobs would be coming to me or the specific jobs in which I wanted. The whole thing was like, life sucks after college, da, 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 yeah. what have you. So for those who want more of that private avenue to talk to individuals without actually letting people know who they are, what are some free and high quality resources that you would recommend young professionals use to get such support? Free and high quality. Like that is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, because initially my feedback would be, obviously, if you want more private support, then that sounds like a coach, a career coach, right? Or a therapist, which aren't necessarily free. But for me, it's about your mindset. Your environment has to be supportive of yourself. When I say environment, whether it be having affirmations, positive quotes printed out, or you know, put on sticky notes and put on your in your room. I won't even say even if, I would say, and especially your social media feed, the sites, the pages that you follow. And I was taking some time to look through some of them to just recommend. One that I really love is self-care with all. They have a lot of positive quotes. And what happens, I mean, obviously we know in social media, it's viral, but when you see a post or you see other people commenting, people are sharing, right? So then you don't have to necessarily participate and and share like, yeah, this is, I'm going through this too, but you can at least see that other people are experiencing what you're experiencing. I think our podcast, both yours (laughs) and my podcast and other podcasts that cover similar topics are incredible free resources because we oftentimes have people with the lived experiences to help you realize that you're not the only one to go through it, but also sometimes have experts that come on, right? That share some support as well. So those are the resources that I would offer. Awesome. Podcasting in general has definitely helped. That brings me to the next point that you had included within your episode. Tap into your professional network, professional associations, conferences. How can young professionals strategically engage in these resources so that if they lose their job or if they can't find a job, they have a better chance of receiving immediate job offers from their network. Sweat equity. You just can't show up to the room for the organizations, but you have to be an active participant in the network. So taking on volunteer roles because you are helping. And so people are actually seeing the work, the contribution that you make in that team environment. And they have something they can speak to. Seek out, be looking for volunteer roles or leadership roles that you can participate in so people can speak to your work. They know you, they're going to see your name, they're going to see that you're committed, and then they'll see the work that you do. Yes, I would definitely agree. And I feel like there's this whole general focus of be seen, put yourself out there. I feel like I was able to get more job offers or be considered for more opportunities 
once I really started to go to more events, like not just virtually, but actually in person, like actually put myself in those situations, uh, networked as much as possible. I volunteered here and there as well. So that was definitely helpful as far as letting people see me. I mentioned time and time again, En-ROADS, everybody be sure to check out that program. With my involvement through that, I was able to find my first job out of school. I've worked with the program, knew a number of people through that particular avenue. So that was definitely very much helpful. And I think oftentimes introverts probably feel like, you know, even more nervous about networking, right? Oh gosh, yes, I'm there. I am (laughs) a true introvert. There are plenty of times where I'm like, "Mm, do I want to go outside to this event or do I just want to save my energy and uh, stay indoors? That definitely can be difficult at times, yeah. But you have to do it, I would say, strategically. You want to be strategic. That's the key, right? Strategic and intentional as opposed to just doing everything because then your energy is just scattered everywhere. But then I also think as an introvert, right, if you focus on volunteering, serving a particular role, that makes it a bit easier, right? Because you're not trying to be seen with your personality per se, but you are being seen through the work and the value that you bring to the table. I would say focus on being strategic as opposed to being everywhere because that's not what networking is anyway. How much value can you really provide if you <laughs> are like being everywhere? How much follow-up are you really going to do with people? Because then you could be known as the one that's everywhere for the party, you know, as opposed to someone that they will recommend from a professional perspective as well. My number one advice, I guess, first piece of advice would be to accept who you are and work to your strengths. And then you'll meet people, right? And then you'll probably be working with some extroverts that can easily introduce you to others that works. You're helping each other out. I like how you said working with your strengths. For me, and this is a tip that I have for you guys, I very much enjoy public speaking. I know that early once I was coming out of school, I was trying to be that whole, like how you're saying, like life person, life of the party, what have you, where I was trying to go to as many events as possible. But like I said, I'm an introvert, so I got tired over a certain period of time. So working toward my strength, since I'm a public speaker, I felt it would be more beneficial to first figure out what exactly I was interested in and go to those particular events, whether it be marketing or college, university type opportunities and helping out students. Animation, (laughs) I'm very much interested in that and very much involved in that. So I look for those type of events where people can actually see me and where I can talk with them specifically. But I also look for opportunities in which I'm able to speak with them publicly. So rather than me being in a room with a whole bunch of people and like, oh my gosh, I have to talk to all all these people in this room. You don't have to do that. If you very much like public speaking, you can ask to public speak at that particular event. That way, the whole room will see you. (laughs) The whole room will know exactly what you do because you talked about it with them. If you're not necessarily a public speaker and you're still an introvert, I would say someone ended up giving me advice, ironically, like last week or something like that. And so this person who I was talking with, she had mentioned like, even though you don't necessarily know who is going to help you get that next job that you may necessarily want, just putting yourself in the room is going to help and talking to people will help you get with the right context in general. So let's say that you're talking with someone who is within the, I don't know, race car industry. I don't know why I thought that. They may not necessarily 
be, for example, within the animation field, but they may know of somebody who is within the animation field. You don't know, but as many people as you talk to, they can help you get to that next step to get to that overall right path than what you want to take. Being seen is very much essential. I consider myself an introvert as well. People are often shocked. I mean, I have to come out. I have to, you know, be extroverted. I flex very well. But in terms of how I get energy, definitely solo, solo time. But I always like to make sure that we give tips for the introverts because they feel like this world isn't really designed for us so how many times. Oh, real. It sucks sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> One of the last points that you had brought up as far as ways to prepare yourself for Beyond Job Outlook is to have a fitness regimen. What's your favorite one that you'd be able to share for everybody? Yeah. What is my favorite? So I'm in Atlanta. I'm in Atlanta with you and I like to get to Stone Mountain. Okay. I like to hike Stone Mountain. It's one thing to just say, okay, I'm going to get up to the top of the mountain. I'm going to get down. You know, you did it. You did it. But for me, enjoying the view, stopping and taking in the view and the breeze is something that I really enjoy. So I guess that's true, right? Exercising, but also getting out in nature. It really helps me. Nice. Kudos to you. Yeah, I, I don't really go hiking. I just go like walk around the block or walk outside, <laughs> what have you. That's good, too. You got to do what you know, do what works for you. Just hiking. That sounds great sightseeing, like I'm always up for sightseeing. So that's awesome that you get to do that. Having faith in something bigger than you. I know that you had mentioned this on your episode. And I know that there are times where even if let's say that you apply all the steps that I just previously mentioned, it still may take a longer time than you would expect to get that next job. From your viewpoint, how do you strategically have faith in something bigger than you with the state of job security these days? Well, it's funny because you say, you know, how do you strategically do that? And it's kind of like, well, I don't know that you can strategically have faith, but maybe you you can. I mean, depending on where you are, right? If you're in this space, then you probably already don't have faith, right? So you do need to be strategic in getting yourself to have some faith. But it was just funny because it's like, do you, is it strategic? I feel that over time, eventually you start to have more life experience where things happen that you didn't expect to happen. And so I think over time, your faith develops or increases, or you have at least instances to point to where you're like, well, that happened there and I didn't see that, right? I think, I hope, I believe that we all have something that has happened to us that we didn't expect to happen that was for the good. Even if we didn't think it was for the good initially, but later on we realized, wow, that was actually for the better. There's this quote that life coach, spiritual teacher, New York Times bestselling author, Gabby Bernstein says is that and she might have got it from Wayne Dyer. I'm not sure. But obstacles are detours in the right direction. So I always try to remind myself of that. When you've done all that you can do, the only other thing you can do besides drive yourself crazy, right, is to trust that there is something greater happening for you. And that whatever Gabby Bernstein also says, like when you put out what you want in the world, you say you want this or better. Right. And so if you don't get that, which you say you want, then know that better is coming to you. Very powerful quote. Do you have any pointers for those who may not necessarily be religious or be Christian or, or what have you? I remember earlier in my career working with someone who was atheist, not agnostic, because agnostic is you believe that there could be something not really sure. But atheist is you don't think that there's anything else. And he, I remember him saying like, man, you know, it's scary feeling like you're just a piece of meat and that when you 
pass on, you know, that's just kind of the end of it. But I would say then how can you be so certain that it's not going to get better? If you can't be certain about anything, how can you be so certain that things aren't going to get better? So you have to be open at least to that. That's true. That's the best thing I probably could say. But I think it's hard when you don't believe that something else is possible. There was just something um, in the news about a, was it a plane that went down in Colombia and they searched for the children? There were four children that were alive. They found them alive in the um, middle of the, I'm not going to say jungle, the forest or something. And they're saying that's a miracle. So these things happen all the time. Why couldn't it happen for you? And I mean, I know that went to life like a plane and all that, but I'm just saying like these things happen all the time. And, you know, those are grand miracles, but miracles happen, I think, on 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 a very minute scale, like being in a completely bad mood. And I'm looking out the window right now and I see a deer outside and I love animals. And like, how beautiful is that? I don't know. That sounds cheesy to some people, but oh no, I think you got to start with the just the small things. And when you appreciate the small things, then it becomes easier to see the bigger things. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, well spoken, Jatan. <laughs> Thank you. And shout out to the deer. There's a whole <laughs> bunch of things being featured on this podcast. <laughs> no, I, this went everywhere. Like I didn't it's not expect to come for so much. We'll put the deer and his contact information in the show notes as well. No, <laughs> All right, Jatan. Well, thank you again so much for coming on to Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias. I really do appreciate it. Do you have, by any chance, have any last tips that you have for our young professionals out here who are listening? I think we covered a lot. I think you can come and check out the podcast and and hear others. But I just want to remind you and encourage you that you are on this journey, even though it feels like you're alone and that you are probably the only one experiencing what you're experiencing. Know that you are not. You will hear from many people on my podcast and your podcast. It's a journey. Life is not linear. It's not linear at all. I just encourage you to just to know that and know that it will get better. Speaking of journey, um, do you have any contact information or additional notes as far as where people can find you? Yeah, sure. So my podcast, Journey to Jupiter, Discover the Life You'll Create, can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm on social media, Journey to Jupiter is on social media as Journey Jupiter. And of course, you can contact me via LinkedIn, or you can also contact me via email at jatan at jatondavis.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jatan, again. Everybody, be sure to check out her podcast. Contact her. Jatan is awesome. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Be sure to check out all her episodes, previous episodes. Like, that's quite an accomplishment as far as how many episodes you've reached thus far. And I was looking to further support you. And Jatan, thank you so much for coming on to Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias. And as always, thank you, audience, for listening. Tune in next week for an all-new episode. I'm Caspi Bias. Talk to you next time. Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias is a production of C. Bias Productions, LLC. For more episodes of Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias, visit Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.